0: Hey, what's up, you wild souls? Welcome to another episode of Rewild My Bio. I am happy to have you guys here with me today for a solo episode. That's right. My guest today is me. So I guess I welcome me to the show, and I welcome you guys to the show. And uh, yeah, this is uh, a fun way of opening up this show that is somewhat of an emotional roller coaster for me anyways it might be for you and that is this whole pandemic yeah i'm just about over done with it you know what i mean i think you do and that's kind of what we're going to chat about today is the whole pandemic and i guess my take on it i've been kind of sitting back waiting to have another installment i did one of these i think way back in march Right when this whole thing broke and I thought, wow, here's an opportunity for me to get in on a current topic in health promotion and public health. And wow, this has been a big one to take a bite of. Let's just say that I've been chewing on it ever since I think I recorded that last one. So that said, yeah, it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. I see the tension still. I think I spoke about the tension and the divisiveness um, that I had seen way back when, and it's still a thing. It's still a constant struggle for me in dealing with this. I feel like it's like, you know, I've been called an anti-vaxxer, I think, more times in in the last few weeks than I have been in my whole life. Um, So that's a whole thing, and we will talk about that today. Um, But, yeah, honestly, like, uh, it's like that whole, if you don't see it my way, then screw you. Still, and it's heavy, and you know, it comes up for me every day. And uh, I definitely know it is something I'm still working on. And yeah, there's uh, you know, essentially, I should throw out a public apology, a public projection apology, you know. And if it seems like perhaps maybe on social media, my uh, ranting and random ramblings sometimes doesn't always land very well. If you don't know me, and I have to remember that. It's social media. Most people don't know me. And furthermore, how can you really get a point across in X amount of words or characters or whatever, right? It's that whole armchair, Twitter sphere, um, politician thing, which is so easy to get sucked into. And each platform obviously has its own flavor and culture and whatnot. And so I just want to make sure that I'm cognizant right, of at least what I'm trying to put out there and this whole um, essentially product that is this podcast. And yes, it is a podcast about rewilding. I mean, more than rewilding, really it's counterculture is what we're talking about here and especially when it comes to health, alternative health and self-help. So yeah, we're talking about wild and weird things quite often. And so I realized that a, a social media platform, no matter which one it is, and I don't use Facebook and further for the record, I'm going on here saying I'm probably going to be getting rid of that soon or figuring something out. But yeah, I mean, I realize that these platforms aren't necessarily the best for someone like me to try to get these points across. So yeah, that's a public apology right there to you guys if it seems like I've been projecting. And I guess I should just do this, save it for a podcast. And So here I am hitting record finally for this one today. And, you know, I'm not making up excuses by any means either. Um, you know, I find that it, w- why I, why I'm saying that is in partly why I'm recording this is because I have friends who come to me once they start waking up or people start coming when they start waking up. And it's, you know, lately I've been getting that know, and, and this has been forever. Like this has been way back when like gluten intolerance became like a thing and people would come to me, Hey, do you think gluten did or did or do right? And, I'm always that guy when there's something in the, in the new, I hate to call it the new age, but the new old age uh, is the way I see it. But anyways, when people kind of get this ancestral wisdom and wake up to the idea that at least when, from a health standpoint, what they're getting fed isn't necessarily what might lead to the best health, they start coming to me. So lately it's like, hey, have you heard this conspiracy? And it's just like, why me? Why are you coming up me with this conspiracy stuff like i do not know conspiracy theories like i have a an all-seeing eye tattoo on my forearm as part of my sleeve uh as a tribute to the elements so the five elements air fire water earth and ether so the uh all-seeing eye represents ether or space or spirit and so i think i've even said this before in the podcast but yes Someone has asked me, are you a conspiracy theorist? No. And honestly, until 2020, I did not know the name of one conspiracy theorist um, until recently with the show uh, London Real, uh, Brian Rose's podcast, The London Real, quite popular show. Um, and yes, what's been coming down on uh, on that channel recently, which we'll talk about here today. Um, but specifically towards, you know, I, now I know someone, David Icke, and some of the stuff This person is saying, wow, quite interesting. And as far as where I'm coming from, it kind of lines up with, you know, some things that are within my ballpark of, you know, uh, educational training in political science and international relations and, you know, the theory of 2020, which, yeah, we'll talk about again today. Um, But anyways, I find that, yeah, there's lots of folks been waking up lately, um, coming and asking me questions. So I'm kind of just like hitting my head off the wall and saying like, yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't speak towards that speculation or that theory of future, this crystal ball that this person's looking into, but as far as what's happening on a political uh, level right now, yeah, we're losing rights and freedoms that we, we will probably never get back, and this is the, kind of the time to say something, right? Um, so again, I don't want to necessarily, and again, also with health, like obviously uh, coming from a critical social perspective and one who's really um, critical of mechanistic science and evidence-based medicine within the biomedical model um, as well as the lack of attention to, you know, um, the psychosocial aspects of health and well-being, which again, our current system doesn't doesn't pay much attention to. So me having that critical lens, I find yeah, a lot of folks lately have been just coming up to me and, uh, hey, what have you heard this? Have you heard that? So yeah, I'm uh, constantly bouncing back and forth between trying to balance and center myself and kind of uh, check where my energy field ends and where others begin but yeah wow they say that you don't get anything that you can't handle so here I am uh hitting record here today yet again as as talk therapy like podcasts often are so um but anyways yeah I've I'm I've struggled in that regard and then you know then there's obviously those who actually just full-on gobble up the six o'clock news who aren't waking up one (laughs) one bit right and so I have to shake my head and you know do my practices so to speak. So yeah, it's been a challenge in that regard. And, um, and just for the record, you know, today here on this one, not much is going to be validated period. You know, as, as terms as what I'm saying, uh, scientifically, I think throwing uh, even show notes for that matter, I will do my best to throw in specific links to things for you guys, but not my, I can't validate any of this stuff on, say the London real podcast on these conspiracy theory websites. Um, I can't validate much of what's going on in the 6 o'clock news, as always. Nothing's changed there, <laughs> really, right? Um, so, and I, and I don't claim to know, you know, really much of anything here, but this is just my take. And if you enjoy this show and you've been following along thus far and you're going to listen to this one, I think we've, you know, I've got some things that I would love to hear your feedback on. Uh, there are Folks out there who I know share my opinion because I'm getting feedback saying, hey, thanks for saying this stuff. Um, And others, I I think I want to use this episode hopefully to maybe explain myself in more than X amount of characters, 280 characters or whatever the Twitter politicians do. But um, so, yeah, we're going to just discuss a few things within my ballpark, you know, small business and the economy. We're going to talk about politics, the government. We're going to talk about the media and how that's supposed to work, you know, free free media not free from influence which doesn't seem to be the case in this day and age when there's advertising dollars behind as i've said so many times and yes we'll address conspiracy and the alternative media i guess this technically is alternative media and it's important for all media i think to do their due diligence and to present things in a truthful and honest manner and and that's the way i just do business is, is that is that way a lot of integrity with everything i do so If there's anything I don't know for sure, I'll say I don't know for sure today, and you guys can press me on it. So anyways, I will talk about the virus, obviously, from a health standpoint, um, what we can do at the end of this, at the very, very least, I want to say, here, here's some things you guys can do to fight this very weird viral sickness, I'll just call it, that seems to be going around, because there's definitely something going around. I don't know what it is, but it's a viral sickness indeed. And actually, truthfully, I feel like it's a spiritual, it's kind of got this weird spiritual origin, and I might be wrong, and I'm totally, again, entitled to this opinion, but I feel like there's an energetic origin here, and that's why it's so hard to track this thing, and I uh, I think it feeds on fear, so we'll talk more about that today. But if you stick around to the very end, you'll get my take, you'll get my confusion with all this. Maybe we'll share some of this confusion together, but we'll definitely... I'll throw some tips and tricks out for you guys on how to combat this weird multidimensional virus. So anyways, um, one thing I do want to say before we get right into it here is that I do want to say my condolences to anyone who has been affected by this virus at this very difficult time. Um, And my purpose here on Earth is to educate people of all sorts at the very simplest form. My purpose in life is to educate people on how to increase control over their health to reduce suffering and to be happy and healthy and connected to this beautiful planet that we all have here and we call home. So um, I am, again, I'm all about safety as well. And I'm not saying that we need to go out and and just avoid social distancing. I think there's a lot to learn here, like any sickness and illness that we learn from it, that's the most important. Um, And my my better judgment though would tell me that we've you know we've gone a little. We've done our job with this social distancing, and I think people are just starting to become full of fear, and um, and fearful of each other. And I think that's very problematic. And there's more that can do more damage and dysfunction and illness down the road. Um, so yeah, we got to be smart. We got to wash our hands. We've got to you know stay away from old folks if we are sick, things like that. Um, but anyways, I think we're almost through it, guys. We just got to stick together right to the end, home stretch. Here of this crazy quarantine. But, anyways, if you enjoy this episode, please leave a late, uh, rating and review, share it with a friend, and uh, yeah, please stick around to the end. Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. I really feel like just kind of kicking back on this episode. Honestly, I'm. Uh, it's Thursday. It's this weird cloudy day. You know, I really do feel like it's just weird. The weather hasn't been hasn't been on par. Like it was the coldest April on record for a very very long time. I just feel like it's freezing over, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I just want to start with two things. Two things that I don't think are very good right now, at least the way that we are continuing on with this physical distancing um, for at least another month here in Ontario. I understand uh, that borders need to be open in other areas of the world um, and there's concern, but honestly, uh, I think the comorbidities associated with what we're doing here are going to be, it's going to be much greater. I think there's more there's more opportunity for sickness if we continue on this path of isolation and it's well documented in health science literature on the negative health benefit or negative health effects of isolation especially as we get older so to isolate our old folks at home i saw my grandparents um you know the social distance type uh mother's day greetings things and um just looking more uh just just looking like they need to get out, they need to interact with their grandkids and their, their children and their their families and their friends. And, um, yeah, I just see a lot of fear. And then a lot of fear for things that are they're getting from the mainstream media where it's just like if he, even just doing a little bit of digging, say going to even the skewed data at John Hopkins, you're going to be able to see like, oh, geez, that's just not true, Grandma. Don't worry about the the little ones, right? Don't worry about um, you know the toddlers and things like that so much. Like you guys are the ones that need to worry. And I know that's human nature for them to worry about their, you know, their great grandchildren and things like that. But it's just uh, there's bigger concerns to me, and that is the mental health. So that's one thing that I really think is um, you know important. I actually bought the domain name the other day. This is just coming to my in my head. Uh, I am not afraid of you. So I bought that. I own it. What am I going to do with it? Uh, I don't know. I'm actually thinking to start a GoFundMe uh, campaign, see if we can sell, you know, $1,000, raise, raise $1,000 and then donate that to something uh, specific around, you know, getting small businesses uh, back up and running. Because so many small businesses that I think of involve that personal, physical, like Main Street, brick and mortar, uh, you know interaction the good stuff so to speak so um i don't know i'm just throwing it out there i am not afraid of you.com i couldn't even believe it was actually available so anyways i thought that was funny i'm gonna have to get a hold of uh, tyler there uh to help so tyler if you're listening out there i need your help building another website making t-shirts anyways i digress and i want to talk about the other thing that i think is not so good and i think you know where i'm gonna go with this one and it is that is that is the disconnection from nature it's gone on long enough can't have a fire. Not supposed to have fires. Okay. Um, I'm going. I'm going out there, guys. I'm going to be. Ooh, guess what? Maybe I had a fire. I'm not saying that I did. I'm not saying that I didn't. Anyways, um, you can't go fishing. Can't put your boat in marinas. Like I have a better chance of picking up a energetic virus or a, a viral sickness any day interacting with a bunch of strangers who are at a grocery store or at a market or wherever. Um, my boat, me, and my fishing rod. I've got nothing but the germs of the dirt and the worms that are actually good these things are actually good. Sorry about that that just cut out but um yeah so anyways it's just like what the what the heck you know I don't get it and there's no toilet paper. It's all it's all crazy folks so this disconnection from nature is has gone on well well very very long enough and uh yeah we need to get back to mother earth not hide from it. I have I mean, I think at all the times that I've spoke about specifically horizontal gene transfer and how we got to the top of the food chain because of our ability to uh, basically take in and ferment the world around us and to turn that into our bodies that are here today. So resilient, so strong, so capable. However, current system and the way everyone's looking at it is like, oh no, we're broken. We need XYZ, a vaccine, you know, and again, this type of... Sp- talk doesn't make make me anti-vaccine. It just makes me pro-science. And it's more of a philosophical conversation for me as to how do you look at the human body? I'm not, I'm I'm pro-science. If there's a a medicine that's going to help people, let's take a look. But again, the medicine is, the proof is in the pudding. We evolved with uh, the elements and the cycles of nature, interacting with them as, you know, one symbiotic being almost, getting feedback from our environment oh, there's a sickness going on, okay, we don't go into the other person's tent or um, shelter, what, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, we just, their house, their dwelling, we don't need to go and interact at certain times. And that's just being smart. That's learning how to be a human, how to ride this human body out. So um, I just want to say, that, yeah, this product, this podcast, that's why I kind of want to start with those two things, because we're going to kind of have those as a thread throughout here today. And uh, isolation from one another, human disconnection. um, Yes, there probably was benefit to doing the social distancing. However, we will never know whether or not that was beneficial or not until we have enough tests of asymptomatic people in the population to determine, you know, we essentially, we need those tests before we could say, hey, this, if X amount of people, let's say if percent of people have the virus then there's huge concern for you know this thing may be still running its course but if there's you know 60 70 percent of people who have had it which is my assumption that we've all kind of caught this or some form of it because again we're realizing this is just a uh, hard to kind of track thing so again energetic origins of this but i think that we really do need to just get back in touch with one another and um yeah i'm all about pro-life It's not about getting back to work. Um, I don't believe we should get back to a broken system when we have an opportunity to rebuild it in a very pro-planetary health perspective, this interconnectedness between the Earth and ourselves. And we have an opportunity to do that, and that is just, that's wicked. So, anyways, what are we going to talk about now? We're going to talk about business, I think, because that is the one thing that has been on my mind. It's... Yeah, what's happening with small business? And I think it's just upsetting to see so many small businesses struggling right now, and so many others closing their doors, and to see hardships amongst families who might work at small businesses, and um, or even anybody who, for that matter, who's off work right now or has lost their job because of this. I just, I just see that as a you know also a, a hardship. As much as someone who has had a loved one who has, you know, who has died or, you know, gotten sick from this or is fighting this right now. And I just see um, this is upsetting because this can have long-lasting, rippling effects. And I feel like what we've done to shut everything down is a wonderful thing. But I think what we're going to see coming forward is going to be a lot, you know. It's going to have repercussions as well, and I think it's going to be a lot more damaging for a very, very long time. You know, seeing unemployment rates as as low as they've been since the Great Depression, and that, and so, um, I, I just want to say that it's it's not. I'm not. I want to acknowledge the fact that this is a critical social perspective here that I am bringing. Um, I the reason why I'm so concerned about small business is because I see government helping big business and not small business, period. We're going to see the, and this is again that Marxist lens, but looking at how big government helping out big business and the small business on Main Street are going to get left behind, just as they always have ever since the end of World War II, essentially. So really what this signifies to me right now, it's in yet another wave or another symbol or sign of end phase capitalism. Um, And this is it at its finest here, if you ask me. And here's how we know this. I feel like if you look at leisure time, it's just become way more expensive. You know, I had to wait in line just at the grocery store for, there's nobody in the store, but I'm waiting in line. So my time when I have off of work, it just became, it's way more precious. Because I have less of it because it's actually taking up time to go and do the things that would, I would r- normally run errands and do really quick. So there's that. Then there's also the fact that, you know, well everything's going to become a lot more expensive. But we also have this service economy that is totally financially based. So no one's really making things anymore. And that's hugely problematic. Furthermore... All jobs are going to online, and we're getting used to this whole online thing, which I think is going to have huge social repercussions. Is, and again, from the, so, the social isolation piece as a thread, I think you know everything's getting pushed online. We're never going to get to just run into each other at the wherever, the market, the this, the that. And I see that as hugely problematic for our social well-being and just social cohesion and just people passing ideas around and, and chatting with one another so yeah I see that as as super super problematic but the good news and I already did say this the good news is that we stopped the economy we don't have to go back you know um, we don't have to go back to an economy that was broken it's so good to see that we stopped it but we have to start speaking up it's not something that we're gonna wait. You know, this is not something that voting every four years is going to solve any one bit, or at least I do not. I do not see it as such. I used to say vote with your dollar, and I realized how, like, oh, gosh, that's going to just become so hard to do because, you know, let's just say if folks make it through, small business folks, that is, if they make it through this, good, then I guess it won't be that much harder. But it becomes important now more than ever, right, because if there is small businesses that close because of this and let's just say like your health conscious consumer type places that might have healthy food hard thing to find locally sourced organic healthy food hard to find so i feel like yeah we have to vote with our dollar now more than ever but this is definitely not something that you know any election is going to fix or it's not something that blaming this party that party is is going to really fix either it's It needs to be a structural change as we get back to things. So, and again, I'm super glad to see the economy stop for vulnerable people. It's just like the hugest positive out of this whole thing to me as someone who's a humanist who wants to see more equal opportunity in regards to health and um, you know attention to social. The social gradient in health, the social determinants of health, and the fact that we stop the economy for vulnerable people is something that I am just super happy to have lived and witnessed. It's amazing because um, that's just something that we have never, ever done before. Now, a little caveat or little to be a little bit critical here is like, what about stopping the economy for diabetes, heart disease, cancers? You know, things that in many ways are structural to our society, right? industrialization leads to pollution which leads to certain cancers or all cancers let's just be honest <laughs> um but yeah you know things like obesity and if you look at the stats what what are the re- real killers here i mean other than being over 75 and um you know these pre these underlying conditions if anybody is succumbing to this younger and again i my heart and my prayers go out to these individuals but i would say It might be because of some of these underlying conditions. It might also be because of fear, which is another underlying condition. I'm going to just lump that into there as a mental kind of virus that we can, or emotional virus, let's just say. Um, Yeah, it's the the energy of fear can land in our bodies and and really weaken our immune system. So, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. But yeah, the social gradient right now of health is very visible in this disease. It seems as almost like it has a, bias for certain postal codes and it, it does more damage there uh, growing up in outside outside of Windsor which is just south of Detroit in Ontario Canada um, and seeing how hard that uh, you know city has been hit it's quite interesting is all so those of you out there that might be like Sean sounds like you think government is out to get us in certain areas they're trying to wipe out low socioeconomic status people I don't know I don't know and I don't Think so, and I'm a humanist, and um, you know, and a critical theorist at heart. So I don't, I definitely don't think that people are out to do this personally. But I do think that when people have to make certain decisions, they don't necessarily realize the ramifications of them. They're doing what they think is helping people, and within a certain, again, as I've said before, a certain society that has structural flaws. Going back to that. I see it as hurting folks because you're going back to something that already hurts them. So, um, yeah, again, I'm a humanist, but I'm also that critical theorist at heart. So I, you know what, I think actually right now I have an article up because I've said critical theorists a lot and I just want to kind of break this down and I'll throw this in the show notes as far as uh, when looking at science and the paradigmatic positions of certain ways of knowing within health sciences, there is the critical ideological paradigm. And critical theory serves to essentially disrupt and challenge the status quo. You know, it's a critical ideological paradigm um, that is all about, say, like emancipation and transformation. That is um, saying that critical theorists seek to create change through their research. So that is essentially where I'm coming from here. I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like the government's out to get us, but I do think that there's power structures at play here that happen to when they run their course and everybody's doing what they think they should be doing, they're actually ending up marginalizing and making more people suffer. I guess that's where I'm coming from here, right? So, and that is evident in many different facets of this virus because that happens at many different levels of society. So for me, I'm often interested in biomedical dominance over our health and the way that the biomedical model works. So again, surgeries and pharmaceutical drugs seems to dominate everything. So therefore, when we have a health problem as a virus, we seem to be looking towards that as the answer, which I'm saying, hey, nature connection. Hey, human connection. Hey, wash your hands and don't breathe on grandma and grandpa. Wisdom, that type of stuff, right? So um, not a conspiracy theorist. Didn't know one, like I said, didn't know one until, until Brian Rose. And I just want to thank that guy for being so brave and courageous and to be able to, Stand amongst the herd, but not be of the herd. I think that is the definition of greatness. At least it is to me. It's who stands out. It's where people get quoted. So for him to be going out there and, you know, essentially just interviewing people and asking questions and to have things censored, it blows my mind. It totally blows my mind right now. It's To me, it's the modern-day equivalent of book burning. And that might sound harsh to some, but everyone's entitled to their opinions. And essentially, for context here, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, but... He's had uh, three interviews with someone named um, David Icke, who is a lifelong conspiracy theorist who actually is having quite a lot of his uh, theories come true right now. And I think, um, yeah, his, his work, I can't say I know much about it, but as far as what he's talking about here, I'm looking at some of the, the political science theories of the theory of 2020 and how uh, the dominant hegemonic uh, power will change to China come 20, the year 2020, and how that's – so many things are syncing up. And then, you know, specifically I think they're getting censored because they're relating 5G to the coronavirus. And it's funny because here I am speaking about this now and I'm finally moving all of my shows over to YouTube as well. And uh, here I am throwing out the the words 5G and coronavirus within the same thing. So, yeah, I don't even know. Maybe I'll be getting censored. So, But I just couldn't imagine like a a man like him who's done really well, 1.5 million followers – I think one of his videos had the most, uh, it was the, the most watched live stream on YouTube ever, like 1 million people watching to listen to this stuff, because I think a lot of people are just saying, what the heck, and I mean, I have like my aunts, honestly, my aunts are like asking, hey Sean, what's this all about, in this, in terms of like this one, I guess, uh, kind of mainstream Facebook uh, uh, conspiracy theory that's going around, so, and again, I don't know much, or I don't know anything about that one, but I couldn't imagine to be a, to be, you know, to, to build this podcast, to have like 1.5 million subscribers, oh my, like that's a dream. And then to be getting censored because you're uh, talking, just correlating some things, some interesting uh, and scientifically backed arguments and questions for the matter. So to say, you know, I have been tweeting recently, and again, this is part of the projection piece that I apologize for, but like... Um, folks posting things on like reputable university websites that, and I'm not going to name names here. You can go check out my social media thread for, you know, what, what's what, but it's just, um, and we'll talk more about, you know, people claiming science and then therefore it's, oh, no one asks questions and no one even knows what an RCT is, but folks are claiming, oh, random, controlled, double-blind study and this and that and, you know, without knowing the full body of, of literature from which that study sits in and is situated in, we can't draw conclusions. And in this day and age, everything is just sensationalized to the max. And, uh, you know, it makes me think, you know, when I'm publishing my PhD dissertation, write a really good title, you know. And it's just unfortunate. And I think, you know, these folks who are asking these questions based in science, who are doing work, good work, asking tough questions – During these uncertain times when they want to see people get help and not suffer, it's just unfortunate. So, um, well, let's actually, let's, you know, let's chat about that a little bit here. Because as I mentioned, and this might be more so for the health piece, but when we're talking about health, but 5G and coronavirus, I've said this before, we have to look at the body in a more holistic manner. And I'd like to also comment that everything here in this episode today is of my opinion. Now, when we're looking at say tenets of naturopathic medicine, we're looking at getting at the root cause of the illness. And I am not a naturopathic doctor. However, I look at the body in a within like a systems biology lens, and we see that we can't disconnect or silo and look at say the liver separate from the small intestine, the gallbladder, the large intestine, and everything else upstream and downstream. We are all connected. So this whole idea of electromagnetic frequencies or 5G and non-native EMFs causing sickness, yes, they could very much, very well cause sickness to someone who is also stressed out because they live in Wuhan where there's a lot of pollution or in Italy where there's a lot of pollution. So, and again, and, and then say also there's a horrible virus going around, Right. Um, Or there's fear or you're disconnected from nature and you haven't interacted with your world. There's so many things that could lead toward, boom, a sniffle, a cough, uh, a fever, right? Um, So again, systems biology would tell us that these folks here, you know, and if you're a proponent or a fan of functional medicine, which I think, you know, is starting to get, hopefully starts to get attention, I say that knowing that vitamin C places are getting raided, functional medical doctors in Michigan are getting uh, raided and their vitamin C uh, drip bags are getting taken. And I'll put the link for that one in the show notes as well. Um, It's just like, what? I feel like we're in this age of like McCarthyism again, where it's like if you're pro-natural medicine or get outside and hug a tree, then it's just like you're not allowed to have your opinion so, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely, absolutely mind-blowing to see this and to see others just, like, um, blow it off. Like, yeah, these scientists and these and, and, and our government, institutions and the World Health Organization and Health Canada and the Center for Disease Control, you know, I thought I could trust some of these facts and data coming through some of these spots. But then after seeing how things have just been inflated like they have been, um, yeah, I'm just not so not so keen, I don't know, I don't necessarily know what to believe anymore, so again, like I said in the beginning, uh, you're going to get a lot of my confusion in this episode, so that is it right there, but I just don't like censorship, and as far as related to the actual virus itself, um, I don't see how World Health Organization and Facebook, how Facebook can say, okay, we're going to take what this organization that's funded by private interests. Some countries, it's, the, it's run by the UN essentially. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's run by the, the big five. So China, Russia, Great Britain, United States, and France. right? So now Facebook's in bed with these government organizations deciding what gets posted on these social platforms where we should be able to have our voice. And we're getting censored. Like, um, so anyways, I digress because that is essentially what is at hand. So, like, is the government doing this, Sean? You know, is it the 1%? Is it Bill Gates? I don't know. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. I do not know. Um, But I will stay from, like, an international relations standpoint. And the theory of 2020, this stuff seems to be plausible, and we need to be, you know, if I didn't use this platform to hit record, that's kind of why. I think I've been projecting lately because I just need to get this off of my chest. This stuff is happening right now on our watch, folks. So, do what you will with it. But uh, you know, and if you think it's important stuff, share this episode. Hopefully, it uh, hopefully it spreads the word and uh, provides some resources and and that for for you and for other people. So, um, so I'm going to wrap up this little section here on the media. I will. I do want to say that China is 10 years ahead of the West. This is this is well known this is part of that uh theory of 2020 um what they do we will do so the other day i had seen this video of like uh, a young uh, boy in china going to school and getting like basically sterilized by like six different things and temperature checked before he went to school and i was just thinking ah oh no um i hope this doesn't come our way um but you know we have democracy over here in a different form than they do over in China. And again, I want nothing against the 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 people of China. It's the Chinese government specifically that I'm talking about here. And luckily because of our the way our democracy works, it takes a little longer and we have to buy into it. But then things like this happen. Coronavirus. And it's just like the perfect storm for them to kind of take some of our liberties from us. This is just what happens with this is this is political science 101. These things happen in a democracy. We lose rights. We don't get them back unless we say something about it. We demand them back. So like think about after 9-11 came the Iraq war. There was supposed to be weapons of mass destruction. There's no weapons of mass destruction. However, we still lose rights when it comes to getting on a plane and the fact that that probably will never ever happen again. You know, So we trade our rights and freedoms when we do not feel safe and secure. However, sometimes we're lied to. Right? Weapons of mass destruction were never found, by the way. I just want to... Right? Like, huh? I want to believe they're helping. I really, really do. But I've been wrong before in believing them. I've been educated in the sense of political science, you know, political science degree, having learned that this is what they do. And this is why I kind of do my weird, wacky, wild, you know, counterculture lifestyles always, whether it's been like coffee enemas, putting coffee in my butt, um, you know, not eating gluten, fasting, talking to trees, drinking ayahuasca. You know, people are like, oh, this is probably why you're so weird and far out. No, I've, I've always been counterculture. And I just, here's another thing where it's like, I do not want to, I don't believe that they will be able to come through for me. So I don't believe them with their weapons of mass destruction. I don't necessarily believe much of anything scientifically that's come out of China. I have no reason to take that without scrutinizing it and, you know, looking at it myself, which, again, I don't plan on validating it or doing that because I'm busy living life. Um, but, yeah, if you dig the show, you probably feel the same way. So, anyways, I digress. What I really want to say here is, like, as a kind of segue out of this, is we have to just be the change we want to be in, in this world. I don't necessarily think that our vote or our voting with our dollar, sure, it's important now more than ever, but, um, you know, I'm not pushing for alternative views here to be taken as truths. I can't confirm any of this. I'm just asking questions so I know how to live my life in a way that I feel like makes me happy and that I know I have my free will and my free choice, not being infringed on. And I'm all about that for each one of you, whether or not, you know, I say you, if you're listening, you probably share these views. But for other people I think that don't share, I say a rewilding view, good for them. If they want to hook their brains up to the cloud, good for them. Just let me talk to trees and get, knowledge that way, you know, from real clouds. So, yeah, can't confirm the real news, can't confirm the conspiracy. Um, You know, I I, I saw, I recently I saw a staged uh, get back to work rally, like an actual, like someone came in, like made it look like they had, I don't know, it was staged. It it blows my mind. Even that thing with like Trump talking about drinking bleach back in the news a few weeks ago, um, (laughs) I watched like I haven't watched Fox or CNN in, in years. Like since I was in political science, so like years and years ago. It's not good for me, I realized that real quick. And it's just like Fox News reported that whole bleach thing this way and then CNN reported it that way. Opposite, total opposite. If you watched if that was your only source of news, you would have thought something totally different. Mind blowing. So, no real segue from that one. Just going to just going to say mind blown, right? I feel you. So let's talk about health because that's one thing. Well, I'm going to say like I feel like I can dissect and throw some things out there for you guys. But really, just like all these other areas, I'm also confused. And I know how confusing it must be to be a researcher doing all this stuff right now in the pandemic. The amount of literature coming out. Is changing overnight i decided to dip my toe into it and i pulled my toe right back out of that and i said to heck with it so um still saving saving some neat studies maybe one day um but you know i feel for the researchers out there and i know i mean i know how this feels i remember switching topics from physical activity and sedentary behavior into the topic of probiotics and fermented food and health and you know, I know what that literature looks like in the face of being hurried along and having influence from, uh, you know, industry and consumer demand, right? Kombucha, yogurt, the yogur- yogurt in the 90s. So I had actually studied or I was going to be studying with Gregor Reed, who is the father of the term probiotics, who actually the term probiotic, the definition from the World Health Organization. Um, funny enough, I'm going to throw that out there so there's a paradox he had written up the uh, actual definition of probiotics so jumping into that and looking at all the literature I was like ah this is crazy so hence why I pulled out of that and jumped into nature relatedness and health which is much less research but I think similar in that yeah we're looking at that planetary health lens and we're seeing how diversity in our ecosystem and in our environment how that can influence our health so I think I'm going upstream even further to get to the root cause. So anyways, I mean, I'm thinking of nutrition science too, which is something I've tried to dabble my toe into. And oh my gosh, just it's science that's comparing apples to oranges, even though in studies you're comparing apples to apples. If you catch my drift, like just using different parameters and same thing with probiotic research, looking at different bacteria and what they do and nothing's the same. So how can you make sense? Of this research is what I'm saying so science health science literacy so so important so let's say the numbers are right you know and maybe they are I don't know again um if the numbers are right we're looking at a virus that is is killing around uh, around two percent of individuals um that are over 75 and I mean, I don't have that exactly right guys, but it's something in that regard. And that's if they're having a pre existing condition and that's from like a lot of bedside reporting, which I found to be the most interesting as a qualitative researcher, I like to know experience of individuals. So in listening to people who are treating these individuals, yeah. um, It seems as if like, if you aren't over 75 and have something pre-existing, I mean, what I'm hearing there is, that it, honestly, it's folks, for the most part, who are going to die anyway. So we have a new testing mechanism now, apparently. And I don't know the validity of this test, um, but I'm going to assume it's... Or I, I, I gather it's not the most reliable because it's coming from China, one, but two, um, you know, industries is jumping to make... I saw somebody here in Canada, it's like, oh, we've got three different tests coming out. It's like, why three? It's like there's three different models. Like, like am I buying a car here? Um, but anyways, let, let's just say those numbers are right, okay? Um, and the testing in it, it works. It's very, very low risk for anybody who's healthy, okay? And if we have to please remember, we started social distancing because of the concern about backlogging our healthcare system right? So people with like broken legs that happened in like March after the toilet paper got stolen, (laughs) you know, they're waiting to get surgeries. They're not going to walk right for the rest of their life. That can impact your mental health. That will impact many people's mental health. So I feel like if we had this, an integrated healthcare system, you know, we wouldn't have needed to social distance maybe at all. Right. Or at least like, um, because again, Not that we didn't need to know the importance of washing hands and you know maybe wearing face masks and and all these things, but we wouldn't have needed to totally leave somebody who might need a a, air quotes elective surgery you know calling someone who has broken like this is where biomedical medicine in my opinion shines, Um, you know it's if if I get in a car accident I want someone to be able to drug me up, hopefully, and drug me up and, and help fix my legs or fix whatever is broken so that I can have a normal life. But right now, that type of medicine is trying to do something that I don't necessarily think it has any place to do anything, right? Um, anyways, I want to say, like, doctors and frontline workers out there, I love you. I've always loved you. Um, and I know you're doing what you believe to, to help. Um, my brother's a paramedic. I know the stress that they deal with. I know post traumatic stress injury within first responders is a problem. I know. I know this because um, they are a very worthy, uh, in my opinion, a very worthy population of you know forest therapy and, and nature connection as a means of of therapy and treatment for what they have to deal with. And I know from talking with many folks again who are first responders the social origins. Of health they see it in their work and their whole system doesn't address that so why are they you know the number one you know slice of the pie that we're all looking towards to, to fix all this right um yeah i just think that it, you know it, it's just not it's just ineffective and it's not necessarily their place and i think of it like the i was chatting with a friend and i was Speaking in regards to, um, this individual is an electrician, so I was thinking, like, you know, if you're an electrician, you know how to hook up the power to a house or a a building. So they go about doing that up to code so that it's done a certain way. A doctor is very much the same way. They're not, you know, they're doing something to code within their profession. The electrician's not worried about where the power source is coming from. You know, is it ethically sourced? Is it coming from green sources? Or is it coming from burning coal? They're just doing what they need to do. Doctors, nurses, everyone, frontline workers are doing the exact same thing right now. They're just doing what they need to do. They're not looking at the system and saying, well, wait a minute. If maybe we had more connection with nature, if maybe, uh, you know, we weren't so removed from the natural world, maybe we wouldn't be seeing the sickness. Maybe if we didn't have as much pollution, maybe if we were unbiasedly looking at the research around EMFs rather than just saying it doesn't matter at all, you know, I I just think that would be a very, very... Very, very, very good thing. Now, I have why I'm saying looking at that is because a lot of this is coming from communist China. And again, I have no disrespect to the people of China, but um, I don't necessarily think that, unless, as my understanding goes, that uh, this information is coming from China as to how to test this. There were people with some symptoms, and then therefore they developed a test that essentially went in and saw um, this virus that was causing these symptoms or so they related it to. Now I have heard things from people like Tom Cowan calling into question, um Dr. Andrew Kaufman's another one, calling into question whether or not this is is indeed a virus in the classical sense. If we've, you know, scientifically verified that this is indeed what is causing the illness. So I just think we need to ask questions. We need to sit tight um, we we know that these numbers are inflated. We know this. Um, it's starting to come out now that some, what has been classified as a COVID nineteen death may have very well been due to something else. So I'd, I'm curious about looking at like epidemiological data and seeing, you know, how many people died of say COPD or you know a pneumonia last year at this time, and how many people died, you know, this year, and if those numbers have gone. Down and it's been attributed to COVID nineteen. Then, you know, potentially, no more people are dying than normal. That that's kind of where I'm going with this. And again, I'm just asking questions. So, yeah, whether or not this is accurate, I don't know that either. Um, who knows? Maybe this virus, maybe this, what we're calling COVID nineteen, has been in all of our bodies, and, you know, it doesn't bother many of us, right? So. Um, I just feel like we've got this new tool now that we're identifying something that's new that's related to these symptoms. And now it's, you know, ooh, you have COVID-19, right? So some people out there might be saying, well, Sean, why are, why are people dying? Why are hospitals so busy? And then my question to them is, are they? Like, are they? Where do, you, where do you know that? Did you hear that on the news? Do you know anybody personally who has died? Like, I personally do not know anybody who has died from COVID-19. I do not know a person of a person of a person. Like, I do not know six degrees of separation, anyone who's died from COVID-19. Um, and to think that everything's been stopped the way it has, and potentially small businesses and people's lives ruined, young people uh, not understanding why they can't hug grandma and grandpa, that having lasting effects in our psyche, whether or not parents deal with it correctly. Let's say mom and dad are germophobes. You know, you can see the comorbidity related to this. Like, I'm thinking of, of anybody that I know. I know one person who was quite sick from this, um, who's, who was confirmed by testing to have it. Now, I know another family member who was horribly ill for two weeks, asked to get tested, and was told to stay at home. Now, luckily, I was there and was able to bring over, you know, supplementation. This person had a has a career where they're able to take time off and, and heal themselves, got a lot of sleep, did everything right, drank the fluids, you know, um ozonated water, things like that. Even me myself, like I kind of felt a little fuzzy, but, you know, I don't know anybody who's actually got it, right? So um, looking at overall totals of like death, I just think that's going to be so important as we go forward to, and hopefully that data is accurate and no one's covering it up because anymore I just do not know what to believe. You know, and I'm not doing that type of research, but I know there's people out there spreading the word of alternative sources and doing this type of work. So I'm not the only one. And I appreciate uh, you guys, you know, listening. And, and if you share these questions, then it's 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 good. It's good to ask them. And it's important that we keep asking them for sure. And that's just it. Like I'm thinking of like people who are seem to be dying. It's just like they They all are related to places with a a lot of pollution or, again, low socioeconomic status. So we're just looking at the environment and how that impacts our health. These social determinants, we can't necessarily always blame the individual for not taking care of themselves. So let's get into the EMF stuff. And I am excited to get into this because, you know, let's see if we can get kicked off YouTube. What do you think? Actually, no, I'm going to say that for a later date. I have said this before. I have – EMFs have been on the the agenda for the podcast for some time. I've got guests lined up, um, and I – yeah, it's a topic that is important to, to discuss because I feel like there is plenty of literature out there and a huge body of knowledge to say that, hey, this stuff might not be the best for us. I think we all know that, like, cell phones have been causing tumors, right, ever since, like, the 90s, and, yeah – I think we all knew that then. I know that I'm highly sensitive to EMFs. I know that for certain, having kind of lived outdoors for a good period of time whilst on a pilgrimage um, and then coming back and sitting in front of computer screens and things like that, I notice how it impacts me because I'm in tune, I guess, in tune enough with my body to understand this. Now, there's not enough evidence to say either way. Um, that this is going to, you know, that EMFs, we should just stop the, you know, stop the argument about whether or not it's good or bad for us. They very well, you know, the literature that I have seen shows there's concern. Furthermore, a book, which I'll have in the show notes, by Dr. Mercola called EMF, which I have recently listened to on Audible, um, Compares this to the smoking industry and the amount of literature that the uh, Smoke Big Tobacco had put out to kind of um, essentially dilute the body of knowledge on the topic to make it seem like any, well, essentially any studies that they funded showed uh, very minimal health impact or negative health impact from smoking so the same thing we're kind of seeing here is that a lot of the stuff that's being put out is funded by telecom industry and those that want to see this 5g come to fruition so 5g just being the fifth generation of wi-fi or sorry fifth generation of uh, cellular technology so a stronger um a stronger amount of emfs are essentially being produced and this is where i do want to get somebody on the show to say hey what exactly is going on here, and to talk about some of these mechanisms. Because, yeah, there are, there are mechanisms at play that are what we thought maybe with non-ionizing radiation, what maybe wasn't so harmful, might very well be harmful. So I just think it's, it's fascinating. I'm interested in, in it because when it comes to nature connection, it's not only the benefits of what's in nature, but it's also what's not present. So things like air pollution, noise pollution, EMF pollution is also less prevalent in a forest, let's say. So I think it's important and I know that I'll be doing my best to dive into it and uh, see what's going on. And I'm just kind of upset, to be quite honest, because people are claiming science now as this kind of like science said so and therefore you be quiet, don't ask any more questions. And And sometimes this is happening without providing proper references or even um, by cherry picking. So bloggers have been notorious um, in cherry picking certain studies. Let's say if you're a vegan or a paleo or you're a biohacker and you want to prove that something works, you're going to take one study and you're going to say, aha, this study proves that I can therefore do this. And everyone's just claiming science. But that's not really how science works. Again, we have to look at these studies and see how they are situated within a grander body of knowledge. We can't just pick one and say it's generalizable to everybody else. So yeah, I've just been a little bit, you know, seeing, seeing this theory of 2020 come to fruition in real time. Like, uh, and I guess what I mean is, uh, you know, looking at changes in hegemonic status. So the dominant power um, at that time, you know, looking at the way uh, religion was used throughout human history before science came around. And then as soon as science came around, you know, religion and, uh, religion had given meaning to life and then science started giving to meaning to life. And now we're in this position where I feel like science is starting to feel like its backup is up against the wall to this, again, a return to like the spirituality and and nature connection or so I see it. And so I just feel like right now we have to make sure that scientists are actually, you know, being honest and have integrity in what they're doing and kudos to them for giving it their best shocks again everybody's trying to do what they feel like is helping out and that's an awesome human quality to tell you the truth so yes there's definitely a viral sickness around going around um it might be in our minds it might be uh have an energetic origin and that's why it's hard tracking it with all these mechanistic science and you know why i think no vaccine will ever be created for this you know if you look at some of the science that's shown Attempts on coronavirus vaccines with SARS and things like that. It sounded sounded pretty scary. I don't know. You know, let's get real, I say. If you feel, if I guess if you believe that a vaccine is going to work, it could very well work, you know. Unless, of course, it turns you into a mutant bat, you know. <sighs> that would be crazy. <laughs> you couldn't see me there, but I just pretended I was like a bat. But, uh, yeah, you I mean, we could turn into Batman. That would be all right if we all turned into a bunch of, crusading uh millionaires running around fighting bad guys and i feel like some people think that they might even be that right now crazy times crazy times but anyways i feel like we need to look at things with a different lens um i'm here at the hour mark you know about just about right now so if we go around reducing this problem to a virus through this mechanistic science okay then you know It is what it is. That's what we can do. I just feel like that hasn't worked very well for us thus far. And I feel like we need a new lens. I feel like we need a new healthcare system that, you know, doesn't have to worry about backlogs because there won't be enough of a machine to keep us breathing. Um, You know, I feel like there are other answers out there and we just have to keep asking questions. So I appreciate you guys out there listening to this episode and, uh, you know, asking those questions with me. Um, Maybe you have some opinions. I would love to hear them uh if we take this message you know as that let's just say as this need for a vaccine then okay but we could also take it as hey mother earth saying stop polluting slow down you know think of what's really important all that stuff and that's the message i've been getting so so heavily and i know that it's nice to kind of cling on to what's comfortable and what we know and i've been doing that too um but I feel like everyone's really enjoyed seeing pictures of you know, sea life coming back to the canals in Italy and seeing uh, changes in the air from a year ago in places like China and where we have industrialized industrialization and in big industry. And I think everybody's enjoyed that. I think we all know that, you know, some things are a little disjointed here. And we just have to think about how we want to go forward. So three things in total to wrap it up, I guess, in one way, kind of how I started it. We need not to give in to the fear. It's horrible for our immune systems. Um, It's also, in my opinion, it's how the government wins, you know, or it's how how the media wins. It's how they win you over. Be afraid of this. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Top of the hour every hour. Nah, I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm just going to see what information I can get that I can trust so that I know what I need to do to live my life in a way that makes me happy. You know? So actually I watched V for Vendetta recently and wow, watch that movie. I'm going to put that link to that in the show notes, cop that movie. You need to buy that because it's, uh, yeah, it was just prophetic for sure. I also watched star Wars, which again, fear is the path to the dark side. Thank goodness for May the 4th. And, uh, you know, and, and that's just it. Fear fear is the path of the dark side and love is the answer. It's, I feel like this is a spiritual disease and we're all being called to recognize what's most important in life. And I hope this is a huge take home from this podcast here today is that, yeah, I think love is the answer without a doubt. I found it interesting that on those David Icke videos there on, on London Real, um, you know, the guy's getting censored for making points with, with science. Um, and, you know, he's getting kicked off of YouTube getting kicked off of like LinkedIn and things like this this Brian Brian Roses and uh all for this guy who wanted to tell folks that love is the answer at the end of their podcast like this was the main message of this David Icke video was that love is the answer and I'm like wow it's getting banned so yeah we definitely on another note the interaction with each other we need it in a smart way you know we don't need to be wearing masks that are like weeks old and Actually, the other day, uh, someone I know had told me they saw someone going, waiting in line in the li- for the liquor store. And I mean, if you're worried about a virus, the last place you really should be is in the lineup to the liquor store. But I digress. But they had their wallet in front of their face, covering their mouth with their wallet. God bless them. But, <laughs> and again, this is where I wish I had those t shirts. I am not afraid of you.com. Because if I had those t shirts, that's where I'd want, to, uh, I'd want to show that off for sure. But anyways, last, definitely not least, is that we need to interact with Mother Earth, the living Earth. Pachamama. mama, she needs us now. We need her, I should say, more than anything. Um, you know, we need to interact with the world. The other day I got a picture of my little nephew helping make a garden, and he's walking around. And, I mean, he's 18 months old, and he's holding dirt in his hand and kind of almost welled up, thinking, like, there's the man with the cure right there in his hand, you know? Um That is definitely it. It's definitely not drinking bleach. (laughs) Let's just say that. Uh, Yes, it's definitely not drinking bleach. But the sun, I'll say this, Donald Trump, you were right when you were talking about the sun. Not tanning beds per se. I can't speak towards that. But the real sun, yeah, I think it kills viruses. So anyways, um, I'm going to keep working at this, guys. I'm going to keep working on my PhD. I'm going to keep learning more about EMFs and the role they play when we're out in nature and you know, whether or not they are detracting or, you know, subtracting from the uh, benefits of nature. I'm curious about that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to publish it, hopefully, you know. So I'm doing my part. I hope you guys are doing yours. I'm sure you are. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, yeah, isn't it going to feel so good to do a little bit of forest bathing when all this is done? Like, I'm really excited to finish my school because, yeah, if I could have this forest therapy clinic up and running right now, then that would just be awesome in fact i just put an offer in on a property today so i'm going to keep you guys in the loop on that one i really do appreciate you guys listening keep doing your best out there because that's all we can do i keep reminding myself that and uh yeah enjoy this slow down this what's left of the lockdown and when we get back to work let's you know let's not be afraid of one another let's get at this i really appreciate you guys listening and as always stay wild Thank you for listening to the Rewild My Bio podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared the show with your friends, if of course you think they would like it. You can also visit rewildmybio.com to download previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter. In the newsletter, I share blogs and bonus content from my health promotion research, along with practical tips to help you rewild in a modern world. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook, at RewildMyBio, and on Twitter, at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay wild.